What's up, guys? You are now inside the locker room. I am your host, David Chalebre. And I'm his co-host, Alicia Scotelaire. And we want to welcome you to episode two of our beloved podcast, which we are so excited that you have chosen us with the season upcoming, as well as a special focus on the Battle of Ontario, your Toronto Maple Leafs versus the other guys. Uh, the other guys, Dave? <laughs> Come on. So, Come on, say so, it. Okay, and the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> I almost said the Hamilton Bulldog. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Uh, we, we're grateful to have you back. We're going to dive right into it. We're going to talk about things around the league, which has just happened during our little break that we had in between episode one and two. And then we will get into our Battle of Ontario segment where we talk about what to expect from opening night for both teams, both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. So a bit of news around the league uh, to start. I think it's very important to start with two key players over the last decade uh, who are unfortunately unable to participate in this year's season. Talking, of course, of Henrik Lundqvist of the New York Rangers and Jonathan Taves of the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, not the New York Rangers anymore, Dave. I, you mean the Washington Capitals? Well, obviously the Washington Capitals, <laughs> but technically he never suited up for Washington. Technically, yeah. So, um, he unfortunately has some heart issues, which is going to keep him out of the season. That puts a wrench in Washington's goalie plans, uh, which paves the way for Samsonov to come in and take the reins, which is uh, one of the younger goalies in the league. Uh, I feel like he's going to be a good addition to that team. And don't forget the professional tryout for Craig Anderson. That Craig they did. Anderson, former. Yeah, former. Another former, former senator. Former Ottawa senator. Who has had a pretty decent career, I'd say, as a goaltender. If you're in the league for more than five years consistently and not just bouncing around teams, then you, can, you should be considered a top-tier goaltender. Uh, Craig Anderson obviously is a little bit older. Ottawa grabbing Matt Murray allowed Craig Anderson to explore new options, and he had that professional tryout uh, with the Washington Capitals. Yes. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Jonathan Taves is also sick. Um, he had some fatigue issues over the break, and they're not sure exactly what's going on with him. What do you think it is, Dave? I don't think it's COVID. I don't think it's COVID I just either. Think it's, I just think it's, it's just one of those things that's, he needs to just pay attention to. He's had enough success in his career yeah. where he doesn't need any more accolades to attach to. He is a potential Hall of Famer if you make that argument because of all the success he's had, both with the Chicago Blackhawks and Team Canada. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. I also um, think that there might be something to do with the organization rebuilding. Oh. And he's not maybe enjoying it and he's getting maybe depressed. I don't know. There's something there that they're not fully explaining. I could see him being upset about where the direction yeah. of the team is going, but you can't argue that. I just don't see him as someone who would opt out of the season. But it might make his decision easier to say, right. let me think of my health because our team is obviously not going to do well this year. Bit of good news in the NHL. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers forward Oscar Lindbaum. Uh, cancer-free after being diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer last year. Uh, congrats to him, and we look forward to seeing him on the ice. Uh, one last note before we move on to the news of today. Uh, sad bit of news. Um, NHL great both player and coach and GM. Uh, John Muckler had passed away a few days ago. 86 years old. He was an integral part of the Edmonton Oilers Cup runs from 1984 all the way up to 1990. He was an assistant coach with Glenn Sather. 
Uh, Glenn Sather and him then split duties after their first cup win, and then he became head coach in 1990 when Gretzky and the Oilers won their last cup during that year. So um, thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Uh, Gretzky had a nice little tribute to him as well. He is definitely a big part for one of the greatest ever play uh, to have the success that he had. So uh, in memory of John Muckler. On to today's news in the NHL. We're going to focus on a bit of the new signings before the season has started. So most of these signings are from players who have been integral parts of teams in the past but have not really panned out in the last year or two. So they have found new homes with new teams. So we just want to run through a bit of it and just give our little input on each player who has signed a new deal. Uh, The first one we're going to talk about quickly, Corey Perry. Obviously a tenure with the Anaheim Ducks, and then a quick stint with the Dallas Stars, who almost won the Cup last year. He was a huge part of that playoff run for the Dallas Stars. Signed a one-year, $750,000 contract with the Montreal Canadiens. I like this deal. It's going to give Montreal even more depth. And for what they paid for him, which is nothing, it's going to be a great fit for the Montreal Canadiens, for sure. You couldn't even go wrong with this deal because he's obviously a proven veteran and... Uh, I don't see you going wrong. Um, no. I have an unpopular opinion quickly. Uh, a lot of Leafs, fan, Leafs fans wanted him. I think we have enough old guys as Instead it of is. Joe Thornton? Or... Yeah, I, I mean, Joe just fits the mold better, I think, than Corey Perry. Um, he's obviously more versatile. We'll get into that later yeah. in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, unpopular opinion. I'm, gra- I'm glad the Leafs didn't grab him, so... Whatever, Montreal. Good Whatever. riddance to you. Next player that we have, we have Zdeno Chara, who left the Boston Bruins to sign a one-year deal, $795,000, with the Washington Capitals. Uh, this was more of a um, an agreed, agreement to part ways. Boston wanted him as a lesser role. Zdeno wanted more of a, pro- a predominant role on a team, and Boston was looking to the future, so obviously they didn't see him getting as much minutes as he did last year. I think this is his last year anyways in the I th- NHL. I really do. I think so too. I don't see uh, Zidane Char being uh, as much of an impact as he was obviously in the past. He is big. He is a lot slower than he used to be as if he already mm-hmm. was. And he just doesn't have the same speed. He's still one of those... He's still a good defenseman. I'm not saying he's a bad defenseman, but I think his time is, is coming to an end. We'll see what kind of role he plays on Washington. Uh, Washington's back end. And we'll uh, we'll go from there. Next player who has recently found a new home. Um, again. Again. Former Ottawa Senator. Former Ottawa Derek Brassard. To Arizona. One year, one million dollar contract. He is basically a Derek Stepan replacement. I mean, you can make that argument. Yeah. Um, they're both decent centermans who have spent enough time in the league to know their role. And that was also a good addition, I think, for Arizona, considering the position they're in. they got young guys like Clayton Keller in there and um, a, a, a wide range of players that don't really have a solidified spot on the team as of yet, you can argue. So he fits in nicely with them. Uh, we're going to get into one more. Or, mm. Next, we have uh, Andreas Antonisiu, who came from Detroit. Went to Edmonton, had a very disappointing season with the Edmonton Oilers. He had a lot of potential, but he just didn't quite pan out in Edmonton. Maybe too much star power in Edmonton for him to uh, shine. I think his confidence level was low with him being in Detroit, especially when they were horrible in the 2019-2020 season. So maybe a fresh start will, will help him. 
So he signed a one-year, $1.2 million deal with the Los Angeles Kings. Young team. Very young team. The one thing I'm going to say about Anthony Siu is we talk about him not fitting in with a team that's rebuilding and a young team. I don't quite buy that only because you look at a player like Anthony Manta who has the potential to be such a force in the NHL and he's on a team that is absolutely horrible. So I'm not buying that with Anthony Siu. We'll see how he pans out in L.A., he might just be another flash in the pan that was good for half a year and probably won't pan out. Yeah. He, it's up to him. It's up to him to get better. Uh, Eric Halla, uh, Eric Halla, oh my Halla. God, Eric Halla from the Nashville Predators um, is now, uh, sorry, has now signed with Nashville after coming from Florida. A lot of people don't know he had a 29 goal season in Vegas's inaugural season. So he does have the potential to score goals. And Nashville, not always the most high-scoring team, could always use a goal scorer. So a decent uh, pickup for them. Uh, just to round out the uh, couple of players that have signed and have re-signed with their teams, Mackenzie Blackwood, the starting goalie for the New Jersey Devils most likely, Anthony Sorelli, which was an integral part of the total package of the Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning has re-signed. And Mikel Granlund uh, has signed with the Nashville Predators um after a somewhat subpar year by his standards so that all about rounds out those players that have re-signed and mike hoffman 25 plus goal scorer signed a professional trial with the st louis blues he didn't sign a contract he signed a professional trial that quite i was puzzled by that one and and when that happened me and this year we we exchanged text messages with each other I wanted to make sure she broke the news to me. Actually, um, I wanted to make sure that she got this right that it was a professional trial. Yeah, Perfect. not a contract. Not no contract yet. Which is confusing to me because he was such a force in the past couple of years. When Ottawa had their playoff run, what was it? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. He was one of. He was the, a star. He was a star there. He played the point on the power play, scored a lot of goals for them. They he was a, he was one of the best players on that team, and then to go from there. The questionable trade to uh, to San Jose. Then that went to Florida. That eventually went to Florida, and the whole thing with his with his ex girlfriend. I think that's the problem. Or his girlfriend, whatever. His wife, whatever it yeah. is now. I think that's the problem, and many teams don't want controversy in their locker room, right? So maybe that could take a part of it. I don't know. Mike Hoffman, great player. I would take him back, no problem, on the Ottawa Senators. But for a professional tryout for a twenty-five plus goal scorer. I don't know. It's, it's there's something there. There's def- there might be some behind the scenes stuff there, but the fact that St. Louis was able to sign him to professional tryout, I mean, good for St. Louis. Yeah, it's a, they need it. It's a win lose. It's a win win for them, whether he pans out or not. Doesn't matter. They have their team. They still have a pretty decent team, even though they lost Petrangelo. They got they gained Tori Krug. Uh, their forwards remain remain intact outside of oh. Wait, congrats I... to uh, Mr. Alexander Steen on a yes. wonderful year, former Toronto Maple Leaf. During those horrible, horrible mid two thousand years, oh, uh, congratulations to you in your retirement, Alex <laughs> Steen. Uh, but he, he, that's a good little uh, pickup for the St. Louis Blues, I think. We're going to move on to one more signing, and this one is a little bit of a special topic, so to speak. Oh. Lish especially knows what I'm talking about. Anthony Duclair has signed a one-year, $1.7 million deal with the Florida Panthers. Now, I think this is odd. You look at a guy like 
Andreas Anthony Siu, who signed one year, one point two million, and Anthony Duclair signed only a contract that's only five hundred thousand more than Anthony Siu. Yeah. And I think that Duclair is a far better player than Anthony Siu and has way more potential. So you can argue that Duclair could have got a little more money, but I think Alicia is going to explain to you now why he didn't get the money that he probably deserved. Listen, he waited too long, okay, to sign with a team. He didn't want to be represented by an agent. We said this last episode, and I even said he wasn't even get more than a million dollars, which he did. He didn't even get over two. But in all fairness, Duclair, this one's gonna, this one's on you. Ottawa did offer him the three-year four point something million dollars a season he wanted to decline that he thought he can get more what i don't understand about this is that he only got a five hundred thousand dollar rate no not even a fifty thousand dollar raise he made 1.65 last year with ottawa and all of a sudden he turns down for over four million dollars come on he kind of holds out but not really and he makes 50 grand more i mean that's what happens when you decide to represent yourself that's why we have agents. You can say what you want about agents, but that's their yep. job. Their job is to get you more money. And you think with the cap issue that a lot of teams are having right now are going to give you what the Sens offered? Come on. Yeah, I don't I don't see this as a smart move for Duclair, but I mean, he's got a team. He, you know what? He better shine or you know what? He's not going to be making that much money and he has for a ch- the next couple seasons. He does have a chance to sign. Um, Florida has really upped their forwards. Um, after losing Dandenhoff to, to the, the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Look at this first line, though. You got Jonathan Huberdeau, you got Alexander Barkov, and you could have Anthony Duclair on, on the right side as that well. That line right there is just... That could be a deadly speed. line. Yeah. It could be a deadly line in the league that a lot of teams won't be able to stop. Skill, mm-hmm. speed, and the ability to put the puck in the net. Yeah. So we'll see how that works with them. Uh, moving. Whatever, he's still a chooch. <laughs> Chooch. You're going to hear that word. For those listening for the first time, you're going to hear that word chooch a lot. Chooch Basically means you're a loser. You're... <laughs> uh, one more player we'll get to. This will lead into the action that one of our Battle of Ontario teams has done over the past little bit. Uh, Derek Stepan has signed a one-year $6.5 million contract with the Ottawa Senators after spending a few years with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, this this is a veteran move, obviously. He's a veteran player. He can make a, a, a decent impact with Ottawa. He's had a few disappointing seasons with Arizona after having a good couple of years with the New York Rangers, especially during their cup run, and I believe it was 2015. So We gave Arizona a 2021 second-round pick for Derek Stefan. Now, a lot of Sens fans were upset on Twitter. Okay. They were upset. They were angry to me. They were angry about a second-round pick? Yeah. Losing a second round yeah, pick? Yeah, which we have, I think, two or three of them coming up what, in 2021. So do you... I don't understand why you guys are upset. We needed a leader on this team. We can't just have a bunch of young prospects playing and getting killed during the season. We need leadership. We need some vets in the lineup. And you know what? Pierre Dorian did what he did. He brought in Stefan, and it's going to be a good fit for the Sens. I have no problem with this move for I don't Ottawa. have a problem either. Like, Especially the fact that because, okay, he's not going to score you 30 goals. No, and that's not his job. He's not going to get you 60 points. But he's a guy that's been around the league for quite a bit. He's been to a cup final. Yeah. So you know that he knows how to win games or how to perform when, when the stakes are high. And that's what you need with these young guys. 
With your, with your Stutzla. With the Stutzla coming yeah, in shortly. I, so excited, I, guys. I always got his name wrong. I can't believe I got it right. With your other young guys that you have on that team, and there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch. And what do we need, Dave? We need leadership. Need we need leadership. vets in the lineup. Yeah. Plain simple. So it's a good move. It's a good move. I, I mean, like the it. only thing is you do carry a $6.5 million hit on uh, the cap. No, we don't, actually. Okay. It's $2 million because those were bonuses. Ah. So Pierre Dorian... Bravo! Worked, worked his once magic. again. That's why he's a GM and I am not. I'm just a fan. Still, uh, a two million dollar cap hit is is not again, the worst thing. Yeah. But you're just paying for veteran leadership, and who knows? He might get fifteen, twenty goals this year or thirty points, whatever it is. So good for him. Good for Ottawa. I like that move. So before we get into our Battle of Ontario segment, we want to talk a bit about the moves that the Ottawa Senators have made. We will get to the Toronto Maple Leaf and Ottawa Senators comparison soon. However, the Leafs have not made that many moves uh, because they're already set in stone. They oh, really God. to make any more moves. They're already set for a cup run. Lish is going to break down a bit of the Ottawa Senators trades and movements that they've made in the past few weeks to get them ready for a season, for their season. Okay, so first off, we signed Stutzla to a three-year entry-level contract, which was no-brainer, and we all knew it was coming after the World Juniors. And then we also made a trade with Tampa Bay, Colburn and Paquette to Ottawa for Anders Nielsen and Marion Gabrick. And coming he our way... gave away Marion Gabrick? Yeah, man. He hasn't even... Oh he didn't God. play one game once. <laughs> LTR. So this was a pure salary dump uh, for Tampa. They needed the cap space after signing Sorelli. So... Anders Nielsen hasn't even played since February or even stepped on the ice because he's still having concussion symptoms. So yeah, I like this move by Ottawa. Good salary dump. Bring in a couple other vets who won a Stanley Cup last season. So I like the move. It goes to your point about bringing in veteran leadership. And even though these guys aren't really... Well, Colburn a little bit more has been in the league longer. Paquette mm-hmm. maybe not as much, but still. That veteran leadership isn't only about age. It's about your experience experience with being in the cup final and winning a Stanley Cup. So these two guys won a Stanley Cup last year. They know what it takes to win. Whether or not they had the talent that they had, they have done it. So they know how to win. So Ottawa's doing some pretty smart things in regards to setting up their team for success and bringing in those players that you need to bring in to have a winning attitude, have a winning environment, uh, and have a winning atmosphere. In your locker room, on the ice, off the ice as well. Pierre Dorian's doing a lot of good things there for the Ottawa Looking Senators. Looking good, Pierre. Not bad at all. Before we get to uh, the comparisons between opening right and rosters in our Battle of Ontario segment, we do want to talk about one more player in particular who is a big name that had just been taken off the board. Columbus Blue Jackets forward, Pierre-Luc Dubois, had caused a bit of a stir when he wasn't signed very close to the start of training camp and until recently did sign a deal to keep him for another two years two years five year uh five mil average so he is a big part of the columbus blue jackets their number one center it's very frustrating to know that a player of that caliber and that young and that young already doing what you don't like to see young players doing where they opt out and they hold out and they want their money. As an NHLer, a young NHLer, you need to know that you need to prove yourself in order to get the big money, to order to get what you want in terms of money, contract, and tenure with a team or an opportunity to win. I understand Dubois' 
viewpoint. I understand his frustration with not being signed, but he still has a lot to prove. Columbus didn't do a lot. Okay, they no. they beat the Leafs. They did that okay? though. That was and, pretty spectacular. And you can argue that the Leafs beat themselves. <laughs> and I've already found at the end of the day, he had a, spectac- a spectacular season and he played well in the bubble. So you know what? He deserved the money. He's obviously not happy in Columbus. I think there's a bit of controversy with uh, Mr. Tortorella as the head coach because there was um, videos circling in the bubble of him yelling at the bench. So. Yeah, that was interesting. But yeah. The only thing I'll say about that is who's not yelling at Tortorella? But he's a good coach. My yeah, God. but you know what? Come the on. thing about Tortorella, too, if you're Grow yelling up. like that, especially in this day and age, players are bound to yell back. It's 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 just the nature of that. I don't think that's. I think you have a point here. I think you're onto something with him not being entirely happy. He's not happy in Columbus. He wants out. That so, that signing is going to be meant for a trade. So plain and I simple. think I know where Elise is going with this because there's a team out there that might be very very well. Several teams that will be interested in this. And the Ottawa Senators, Pierre, if you're listening, jump on this because this is a perfect opportunity for us. We have the prospects, we have picks, and we have players. That we could trade for Dubois it's, and sign him. It's funny because he he is a very good player. Obviously, he, he can be a number one center for a team. Twenty-two years old, especially for a team like the Ottawa Senators that are rebuilding and getting better. And imagine him on a line with Timmy Stutzla and Brady and Brady. And Come Brady on, Kachuk as well. That would be a pretty stellar line to to have on your team, especially in the next couple of years as they evolve and get better. Because those are. Those are a group of hockey players that you know are going to get better as the years go on. And then I was going back on back and forth, and what would we offer for Dubois? So I was asking a bit of Sens Nation, would you, what's your opinion? So I came up with, a lot of people didn't like it, but I, I could care less. A first-round pick in 2022, add White, Logan Brown, and Brandstrom for Dubois. It's a large package for it one is. player. It is. Yeah. Logan Brown, to me, hasn't proven much yet. This is, I think if he doesn't shine, this is it for him. He's he's going to want out because he wasn't happy last year, or he's going to get traded. White, he has to step up his game. Last year was not a great year for him. He had injuries, and after that contract signing, he didn't really perform up to standards, and that has, that has to change. Or see you later, bud. Brandstrom, here's my thing on defensemen. They take long to develop. It's one of the hardest positions to play in the NHL. We took a while with Shabbat. We took a while with Carlson at the time when he was a Sen. They take a long time to develop. Could us trading maybe Sanderson? I don't know. He's untouchable. Sanderson? He's untouchable. You just drafted him. I know, but there was few people out there that maybe said, offer Sanderson so, instead of Brandstrom. So I didn't what, really like that. Yeah, but like... You talk about defensemen being a hot commodity, and they take a while to they develop. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that it is a bit of a big risk to throw a defenseman in on that deal? I know probably that's what with it's Sanderson, take. even with Brunch, uh, Brandstrom. Brandstrom? Uh, at the same time, uh, having a defenseman like that, he's still a valuable part of the team. He as is. you know in the NHL, as we all know in the NHL, defensemen are the hardest things to come by in the league. Let alone a third or fourth defenseman, let alone a stud defenseman. You already have one in Shabbat mm-hmm. who's going to be on the team for a while. And if, unless that's what we said about Carlson, too, so you never know. Okay, Dave. But at the same time, you have to think that it is a big risk for Ottawa to give up a defenseman. And maybe that's why they didn't pull the, tr- the trigger on a deal like that. Not or yet. Maybe, well, not yet, but maybe that's what Dorian is thinking. Maybe he's coming come to a point where he is thinking. 
do I want this guy enough to give up one of my defensemen? And I know Columbus, even though they have stud defensemen on their back end, they need to think about their future as well on the mm-hmm. back end. Because as it goes to show you last year in the playoffs, which team won, the one with the better back end, at the end of the day, you want defensemen more than mm-hmm. forwards. Forwards are a, little more, are a little bit more expendable. You can grab more forwards through various trades, through various, various free agent signings, and it's a lot harder to grab a stud defenseman, even if he is a third or fourth defenseman. I don't know. I think Dorian needs to pull the trigger on this. I think it would be great for Ottawa. If they have Dubois. Yes. Now, I like. let's it. say you grab him. Okay. And you have him for two years, and he shines. You're going to have to re-sign him for a chunk load of money. This is what I think. I think when we pull the trigger on the trade, and let's say it does go through, mm-hmm. I want the sense to offer him that contract right away. I don't care. Oh, so right when you get him. Yeah, sign him. So sign him to even more Sa- money yes. and more years. Yes. That's a risk too. Because it what is. If he how about if he doesn't? Out? Yes. Or how about if he doesn't want to stay in Ottawa? Then what? Well, then, you, then we're coming back. So to, it is we're a coming risk. back to the beginning of taking that risk because then you look at a player like Dubois and is is it the coach Tortorella giving him that problems or is it him who's the problem? Exactly. So you need to figure that out and you need to see as a player who feels like they're worth more than what they're actually getting. It's obviously going to be a little bit frustrating for them. It is. So at the end of the day, you need to understand that those players need a chance to develop and prove themselves. Is the avenue to go to complain and argue your way out of a team? You're not going to get a lot of help from other NHL teams. Doing it's not it going to look way. good. It is not going to be a good thing for you professionally. So this is all speculation for us. We have a very small sample size to go by in terms of Pierre-Luc Dubois. But needless to say, he is a good player to at least make a run for. I guess we agree to disagree. I wouldn't give up a defenseman that's in your system for him. Not saying that. Uh, Brandstrom is a stud defenseman that you know you know, you want to hang on to forever. But knowing how valuable defensemen are in the league, I don't see that being a good move. Well, we'll Ottawa. see what happens, Dave. We will see what happens in the future. Now it's about that time. It's about that time for our Battle of Ontario segment. Okay, this is where we talk about both the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. We make our comparisons between the two teams. We give you our opinions on both of each other's teams, whether they're favorable or not. Whether we make fun of each other's teams or we actually, very rarely, praise each other's teams and what they're doing. Because the season has not started just yet, I think a good avenue to go to here is to talk about what our opening lineups will look like. This is going to be exciting, Dave. This I like is, it. We are very excited for this. I think the first place to start, and, and Lish, is, she's been so graciously oh my God. accepting of getting us to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to start with the forward lines for the Toronto Maple Leafs. First line consists of Austin Matthews at center, Mitch Marner on the wing, and one of the new faces of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Surprisingly playing the wing, Jumbo Joe Thornton. I don't like this. Now, Lish has said she doesn't like this, and she's told me numerous times that she doesn't like this. It's not going to last, Dave. Why don't you like this? It's not going to last. What don't you like? He's slow. But what do... Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are two of the most skilled players in the league. Big deal. He's going to slow them down. Okay, now this is my argument. The fact of the matter is that Joe Thornton 
has been in the league since 1997. Oh, okay. He's been in the league for over 20 years, and there's good reason for that. Okay. Has he been in the league for his speed? At one point, yeah. No, you're wrong. There's no I'm way wrong. he's been in the league for his speed. <laughs> he's in the league for his presence of mind on the ice, as well as his puck handling ability and playmaking ability. I Okay, fine. Okay. But that line is not going to last a month, and I'm telling you right now. Okay, why don't you think that it's going to last? You can't keep up? I personally think, yeah, he will. He won't be able to keep up. He said in an interview, oh, he feels like he's 25 again. Bullshit. I love that. Come on. I love that. I think that it's going to be a very, very uh, interesting opportunity for the Leafs to have those three on the same line. you got two of some of the most skilled players in the league right now in Matthews and Marner. Coupled with a player who has been in the league for a while in Joe Thornton. God only knows the magic they can create on the ice. But to to Lish's point there too, it could backfire. It could backfire where Joe Thornton cannot keep up with the speed of the game and the speed at which Matthews and Marner play and the rest of the league plays. So that could really... That's what I'm... Yeah, exactly. It could potentially not work. So I'm with you there. I'm going to give it a month. A month? And if... I lose this bet because we're going to make this a bet. Oh, okay. Let me hear. I will wear. No way. An ugly blue sweater. No way. You will wear a gorgeous blue sweater. For the next episode of our podcast. I love this. Bet. And I'll wear it for a week around my house. Oh, my. Around your house? And, you well, it's videos. COVID. I would go outside, but, you know. No, I, yeah, I understand that. But just, just even you know, Even it. if I go grocery shopping, I'll wear wow. it. Wow. I'll wear it. I'll take you on that bet. I'll no wear a mask problem. and goggles. No one Let's will recognize do it. Me. So if he stays for less than a month, what I will offer you is I will wear one of these disgusting looking red poppin black. Can I choose? (laughs) You can can choose either the retro or the black. Lish bought one of the new retro jerseys. And as much as I don't like the Ottawa Senators, I do have to say their jerseys are very, very nice. I'm very happy they went to the old 2D logo. It's a lot better than that crummy old cartoon logo that they had. So, market. <laughs> here's the bet. Joe Thornton gets off that line in less than a month. I will wear a Sens jersey for a week, whether it's in the home or out grocery shopping or whatever we're doing. If Jumbo Joe stays on that line for more than a month, Lish has to wear one of my beautiful I like it. All right, great. On to the second line. Second line is an interesting one. Okay, if whenever John Tavares is your second line center, that is a very, very interesting development for your team. He has Willie Nylander on the one side, and very interesting that he has Jimmy Vc on the other side. I have a feeling that this could be a good move for Vc now. In my opinion, I think this line has a bit of a shorter shelf life than the first line that was mentioned. Uh, if it doesn't work, I can see VC coming off that line and getting Mikheyev back in that in that spot because he did play well with Tavares last year as well, or the year before that as well. Um, it's interesting that they're breaking up Matthews and Nylander because they played together for so long, but it's exciting to see Matthews and Marner play together. Lish, what do you Didn't mean? we get a little glimpse of that in the playoffs? Did Marner and Matthews play together? I believe so. The interesting thing about the playoffs was that Sheldon Keith, head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, started to do things that Babcock never did. He shuffled his lines. Yeah. And you saw that from the get-go with Sheldon Keith. Keith is that he started to switch up his lines and add guys who didn't play together and change on the fly to adjust the game as the, the game adjusted to him. So... 
I think it's very interesting for um, for Sheldon to do this and to make these kind of setups or to set up these kind of lines to give the opportunity for other guys to play with each other. Now, again, it might happen where midway through the first period of the first game, these lines get split up and mixed in with other combinations. So you never know what can happen. True. Bringing us to our third line of Alex Kerfoot on the center, Zach Hyman demoted from the first line to the third line, and Ilya Mikheyev on the other wing on this third line as well. Now, for Hyman to drop Dave to the third line? It's, 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 it's definitely a demotion, but at the same time, Zach Hyman was only there to help out guys like Matthews. He was not there for his skill. He can go anywhere. He's versatile. Uh, he he needs a new contract very very soon, and I think that's a guy that you will sign to play for the Leafs for the rest of the year. He is a very very good player to have on your team because he can play all the roles that you need to play. This guy played with Matthews for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and look at the success Matthews had. I'm not saying it was Hyman that gave him that success, but it definitely helped. Their fourth line, of course, Jason Spezza would be in the middle. One of their new faces in Wayne Simmons would be on the fourth line as well, on the wing, which I like. And then they have written in here Barbanov to be on the wing as well. Barbanov is getting his chance to play on that wing. I think he's the one who could be interchangeable to be in and out of that lineup. Uh, you have other guys that can come in and take his place, such as Nick Robertson, who had a pretty, I wouldn't say impactful playoff, but you did notice him. Yep. Um Travis Boyd was recently signed to the Toronto Maple Leafs this year, and, and he is a, a bit of a veteran presence that could be on that line as well. Uh, Kenny Augustino, who's been looking to crack the line up there as well, can also step in there. And one other note I would like to make is Alex Kerfoot, as, as we are recording this podcast, it was reported that he is injured. Yeah, something with his foot, right? Yeah, something that happened in practice. And if he's not ready for the opening lineup, one guy that I can see him taking his place in the lineup is Pierre Engvall. Pierre Engvall was someone who came out of nowhere and did make a pretty lasting impact on the team. Not so much for his skill, but for his hard work. So I can see him implementing himself in the lineup. The defenseman I'll go through quick because I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, We have Riley Brody, Hall Muzzin, the newly signed Lethnin, and Zach Bogosian, who's also newly signed as well. The pairings can be interchangeable as well. I think you have Riley and Brody as your one-two punch for sure. That's for sure going to be your number one. And for for your three, four, five, and six guys, it could range anywhere from Hall, Muzzin, Lettinen, and Bogosian. Bogosian can be taken in and out and switched with guys like Dermott, um, with guys like Sandin, and with guys like Rosen as well. Uh, Marinson is also there, but oh, I hope, I, I can't stand Why? Matt Marinson. He makes me sick. He makes you nervous, Dave. He makes me nervous every time I see him on the ice. <laughs> every I mean, time he touches and, the puck? And he's gotten so many chances to play, and he just never... Was he injured as well the last season, wasn't he? You know what? That's the thing. I don't even know. Every time you saw him in the lineup, you had the, oh my God, him again. And I know I'm not alone on this. One other guy that's interesting is Tim- Timothy Lilligren, a early round draft pick for the Leafs a few years ago, has not really panned out to be what the Leafs wanted him to be, so his window of opportunity is closing. So maybe this is the year that he finally steps out. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with, with their, their pairings and, and their defensemen, but they have a good problem to have so many guys that are trying to crack the lineup and so many decent guys to try to crack the lineups. I think at the end of the day, you're going to have Riley Brody, Hall, Muzzin, and Lettinen 
as your core guys in the lineup. Now, letting in is a bit of a wild card because the Leafs, for some reason, love bringing in these guys overseas and giving them a chance. Uh, if he doesn't pan out, you have these other guys like Dermott, you have Sandine, you have Rosen, you have Lilligren. Me personally, I would like to see Sandine get a little more time because I feel like he is a defenseman who's gonna, who I have a feeling is going to be really good and really important. To His style team. play is pretty I just, insane. I can't. I, he's he just seems like he belongs already. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's going to make his give mistakes, the guy a chance. But you got to give got to learn, chance. right? Absolutely. Okay. So Look, now this is going to be different because there's a lot of new faces. We're going to go with the Ottawa Senators <laughs> opening lineup. I'm going to get let Lish take the reins here, and I'm going to offer my opinion as she puts on her Ottawa Senators. Oh style. yeah. Fresh We're going to go in to see what the Ottawa Senators lineup is going to look like on opening night. There is a few interesting combinations that they can do here. Now, Lish, if you want to take the reins here, you tell First me. First line, I'm going to start it off. Got Brady on the left wing. Now, this is where I get a little puzzled, Dave, because do we start Norris or add in Stefan? I mean, with Dandenoff on the right wing. I mean, that's the top line right there. See, it's the only thing I. I, I don't like about Norris going in there is that you have a guy that's more proven in Stepan. Yes. And I think he needs to be in there just to give the guys a bit of a veteran presence in the lineup to start. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Dandenov has been in the league for a couple of years, so he's okay there as well. Uh, Brady Kachuk has been in the, year, uh, the league a couple of years as well, so you can do that too. Um Stepan just seems like he's the guy that would fit in there nicely right away. And, and that's why I was going back and forth with it. I know that his wife is still in Arizona. And so he's finally in quarantine uh, in Ottawa right now. So as of now, I think Norse is playing center. And then Stefan will take his place for sure. Going into the second line, start off with Stutzla on the wing. Anisimov at center. This guy has dropped 10 pounds. Apparently, uh, Dorian has been saying he's been one of the best players at camp right now. Artem Anisimov? Yeah, we got him for Zach Smith. We I traded. Know. And now Zach Smith is on waivers. Yeah. Poor guy. That's a pretty and good got, deal, Anisimov. Right? And then we got Connor Brown on the right wing. Now, here's the thing about Stutzla. He plays center. They want to start him on the wing. Now, I don't know if that's a great idea. I mean, let the guy play where he's most comfortable, and that is center. Okay. You realize the center position is way different at the NHL level than it it is is at any other lower level because of how much responsibility you have on the defensive Oh, yeah. And that's why I think they do want to start him on the wing and then, you know, slowly push him to the center. So we'll see that what what happens at the start of the NHL season and when he's finally done his quarantine because he did have a seven day quarantine coming back from Edmonton from the uh, World Junior. So we have to see him on the ice next I week. Don't see, I don't see Stutzla not being on at least the second line. Yeah, he's got to um, be on there for I sure. Think you got to throw him in, throw him to the wolves. He looks like he's ready. I mean, is he going to make a huge impact? No, probably not. No. But. You need to get a guy like that. You need to get his feet wet, right? Yeah. Away. So throw him in on the second line. Don't make a mistake. So he'll probably be minus ten this year. And I can care less. As and long as he is producing and playing well, I'm happy. I and I I will say that as a Leafs fan, I'm I'm excited to see him play. He's he he excited a lot of people at the juniors for playing for Germany, a team that's not not known to be a power, not even a powerhouse, to be a decent team at any professional level. 
They're and they still... haven't made it that far in, I think it was, they said, 15 years. So He made an impact on oh, that yeah. team. So you like Anisimov, Stutzla, and Connor Brown on that. Yeah, line. I want to see what that line can produce. And I'll just say about Connor Brown, I was sad to see him go. He was one of my favorite Leafs. Um, he was in a tough spot as a Leaf player. He is more of a skilled guy, but he got demoted to more of a grinding role when he was with the Leafs. So I don't think he got his due as much as he should have while he was on the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So good for Connor Brown. I could see him playing the second line and making an impact. Yeah, and he great. had a great first year with us. So yeah. I'm happy that we got to sign him. Mm-hmm. Third line, we got good old Galchenyuk on the left wing. Oof, okay. You know what? And I said this on the fir- on our first episode. This is no big deal to me. If he pans out, he pans out. If he doesn't, no big deal. We signed him for one year, just a little bit over a million dollars. So if we're not liking how he's playing, you're not going to play. I don't mind Galchenyuk having an opportunity, but he's had so many over the past couple of years. But sometimes they they need a fresh fresh start. Okay. Then we got Colin White in the middle. Uh, He's put on some weight finally. He's looking bigger and stronger. He has been also one of the best players at camp that Dorian has pointed out. And then we got Batherson on the wing. This guy has probably been one of my favorite prospects for a while. This guy has some serious speed, and his hands and his skill level is NHL ready. This guy can play. He just needs the right people to play with. Plain and simple. Maybe not this line's going to pan out the best. It could shuffle around, but who knows? For a guy like this... His goal this year is to be a full-time NHLer. It has yep. to be. And whether you're getting your opportunity... And I think the best thing for players like this is to get their opportunity on a third or fourth line mm-hmm. to show what you can do. And you know what, Dave? you got to earn those spots. Those spots, clearly, Dorian said, are not going to be given to you. That's why they're bringing these vets in. you you got to push yourself. 100%. And it's, and it's very important for those young guys to get those opportunities to show what they can do. And then our fourth line, which is a bit of a toss-up, we got Paquette on the left-hand wing, Logan Brown, and Watson on the right wing. Logan Brown, for me, I think this is it. It's either his year to shine or he's gone. Put up or shut up for good old Logan Brown. I don't know what I mean, it is with him. He's, he's, he's a big boy. He's a big centerman. Oh, I know. 6'6", 220. He needs to start producing. Yeah. He has to, or else, buddy, that Dubois trade, put him in there. I want him gone. But that's what I mean. I, he, he looks like a guy who could potentially have an impact on their team, positive impact on their team, to the point where it's going to be hard to not keep him in the lineup. And he might even have the potential to move up in the lineup, whether third line or even second line. Who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows? You I never mean, know, right? He's a young guy, as are a lot of Sens are on this team, and you think he would he would be able to to um, jump up in the lineup a little bit. Um, while we're still on the forwards, one guy you didn't mention is uh, Chris Tierney. Um, he's been hurt for a while. Well, not a while. He's been he's been hurt a little bit off um, off of this uh, the training camp, the start of training camp. He's a little bit older. I think he can be one of those again those underground um i could i think he could be one of those guys who helps out the younger guys as well because he's been kind of in the league enough that he knows how the day-to-day operations as an nhl pro should be Mm -hmm. um and this can give him an opportunity he's 26 years old you know he's not really getting any younger uh he had 37 points last year 
you know, you get it over 15 minutes a game, and that's what you want out of a yeah. third or fourth line I player. think... So he can sneak in the third or fourth line and, and give those other guys a chance to maybe not only... He could start in Logan Brown's position. Yeah. As of even, right now. get Logan Brown to, you know... As of now. But Tierney, great player. I love him on the pen, penalty kill unit. He always gets us those short-handed goals when we need it. So we'll see what happens to him, especially with the expansion draft coming up, which we'll be getting into episode that three. That is a big point, yes. Okay, your defenseman. Your defenseman. defenseman. Okay, so first pairing D, Shabbat, and... Good Branson. Good Branson. I can't say. I'm getting tongue twisted. Oh, my God. <laughs> Erica Branson and Thomas Shabbat, first pairing. Go. Love those two. They've been playing extremely well in the scrimmages. So I would love to see what they look at look like on opening night for sure. And Erica Branson is a he's another. He's a, he's and here's my thing: Shabbat is 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 an offensive defenseman. Okay. Yep. Your next pairing should just be automatically play, playing D. Mm-hmm. I don't expect Good Branson. Oh, I said his name right. Nice. Yay! Good job. To get points, just play defense, box people out, do what you got to do. Good. Okay. Like it. Moving on. Newly acquired Josh Brown and Christian Wollen. Wollen. As your second unit. I like those two. Interesting. You know what? I think he's underrated. Christian Wollen? Yeah. I think he's underrated. Lannan, sorry. Not Wollen. Yeah. I think he's underrated. I think he, he also had some injury trouble uh, troubles last year. So I would love to see what he brings to this uh, second line unit for I mean, sure. Nothing is really set in stone for the Sens defensive core other than Shabbat and, no. and Gabranson. I mean, those two, you would argue, are the ones who have a solidified spot, whether it's one, two, three, four in the lineup. And anyone else really has to fight for their position in, in terms of their spot in the lineup. And so yeah. a guy like uh, Willannon needs to really step up and show yeah. the coaching And I think he, he's going to do it, spot. Dave. I, yeah. I, I, I believe in this guy. Yeah. Then we got Mike Riley. Mm-hmm. And of course, Leafs favorite or ex Leafs favorite Zaitsev. Now, I'm not a fan of Zaitsev. We had to take that contract in the trade that we did with Toronto two years ago. You know what? If he doesn't play well, I'm sorry. Start putting up the young kids. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like Zaitsev was terrible. No, he's not terrible. He's not a Cody Cece. No, no, definitely <laughs> not a Cody Cece. He's definitely not great if you're comparing those two. The thing about Zaitsev was that he. he he was expected to be a lot better than he turned out yeah. to be on the Leafs. So maybe that's unfair to him. But He didn't play game, that bad with he didn't play Ottawa's with like, Christian. He didn't. I, I, he didn't. I think he's one of those defensemen where if he doesn't stand out, then it's a good thing. When Zaitsev did stand out, it was more on a negative aspect than, say, positive. So yep. I think when Zaitsev doesn't stand out, it's better. And he can be a good... Five six defenseman for that team. Yeah, I don't see him being more than no. Three Definitely not on the top two pairing. I don't want him on there. Mm-hmm. And then our last pairing, uh, Colburn, that we got from Tampa mm-hmm. with Zub, uh, that played in the KHL last year. You know. Well, now you're getting into the you're, you've you've said your three pairs. You're getting into now the players that can potentially crack yeah. that six man lineup. Like I was saying before, you have Shabbat and and Gabranson as your guys to solidify the spot. And you can argue Colburn to be in that spot as well because he's yep. a proven defenseman. So maybe he sits in the sixth spot for Ottawa. 
at the end of the day, that leaves three spots up for grabs. Okay, May, most likely Zaitsev would be in there because again, he's a proven NHLer. Mm-hmm. And then you got your um, Willanden. You have your, I guess Josh Brown would be in there as well. Mike Riley would be in there as well. It's going to be interesting to see what they do on opening night and, with the roster. But you you also have Eric Eric Brandstrom too. He's a very young defenseman. Yes. Okay. He's 21 years old. He did show flashes of ability last year, but obviously he's very young and he needs his time. And it comes back to a guy like Rand, uh, like for the Leafs, Sandine. You want to give those guys young, those young guys, the time to build and grow in their lineup because if you don't, they're going to be thrown into the fire and they're not going to be able yeah. to to deliver when they have to. And another thing is that we haven't really touched upon the impact of COVID on the AHL season is obviously a lot more serious than it is on the NHL season. Mm -hmm. Basically what I'm getting at is the development of players depends on the AHL. If the AHL isn't able to give that platform to those players, they're going to have to try to develop at the pro level. And that's why I'm a little concerned. And that makes it a lot harder, especially for a defenseman. And our starting goalies <laughs> for each team. Obviously, we have Frederick Anderson. I did leave this out. Obviously, Frederick Anderson is going to start. I don't see Jack Campbell losing the backup job to Aaron Dell. So you'll obviously have Anderson and, and Campbell. Two solid goaltenders which for is, Toronto. Which they have, fi- you know, over the last few years of goaltending questions outside of Anderson, it's finally you have a good backup to help him out. And obviously for the Ottawa Senators, you, you have got Matt Murray. You acquired Matt Murray, who is looking. Congrats on being a dad, by the way. So just had a kid. Good just had him. a kid, and backup is going to be, I think, Holberg. So I really Mar- do. Marcus Hogberg is is someone who's been on the team for, I guess, a couple of years. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's a young guy who's going to prove himself and and try to prove himself anyway. So with this shortened season and and playing a lot of games. You're good. Those backup goalies are going to be huge for you. Oh, yeah. And so he needs to really step up. And Matt Murray, we know Matt Murray isn't the most Don't start, Dave. Goal to, I'm not trying to put that. Don't ahead. start. The that season guy, hasn't started yet. New team, new start. I hope. He's I a hope. dad. Give him a break. New medical staff? <laughs> Maybe that'll help. We'll see. So that's what our lineup is looking like. Before we end it off here, we have – we know that the – we know that the season for at least Ottawa is going to start with a game against Toronto. Toronto season starts against Montreal, so their second game will be against Ottawa. But they do play back-to-back on Friday and Saturday um, as a one-two punch. And we're going to be seeing that a lot this year in the North Division. We play each other nine times, Dave. Which is amazing. You know what that means? Nine wins for the Don't <laughs> know. <laughs> you know what so, that means? Me. We're going to have bets going on. And we're going to be posting them on our social media. So stay tuned for that. Look out for our bets. Before we end it off here, I want to get your opinion on what you think each game will turn out as. And we're going to have it on this podcast for the record, what we think each score of each game is going to be. So Alicia, I'm going to start with you for game one of the Ottawa Senators season, game two of the Toronto Maple Leaf season. The Leafs will already be 1-0. Yeah, okay, sure. tell me what you think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the score is going to be on that Friday, June 15th, June, on Friday, January 15th, when the Ottawa Senators host the Toronto Maple Leafs in Canada. What is going to be the score? Uh, do you know what, Dave? 4-3 sends. 4-3 Regular sends? time. 
No OT. No OT or nothing. No shootout. We're going to take the dub there. Me thinking that because the Leafs will already have a game in, I think the Leafs are going to win that game by a score of 4-1. to one. Hmm, Interesting. And for the next night, I think it will be a much closer game, but I still think the Leafs will pull out a win 4-3 in overtime or shootout, one of the extra time. I don't know what it's going to be. But I'm getting 4-1 Leafs in the first game, 4-3 Leafs in extra time in the second game. Hmm. What's your second game take? My second game, Toronto will win by the score of three to one. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you think Matt Murray is gonna Maybe they'll play over. Who knows? Yeah. Well, back to back situation too. Yeah. And you don't wanna get them tired already. But right? do you argue that you wanna play both of them for both games to get them in the groove? To start? That's a good point. Maybe they will start Matt Murray for both. I think that they, they start them both. I think I think both teams start their starting game. Him and Anderson. Yeah. Right? I think I think every NHL team for the at least the first two, three, if not four games, you're gonna start your starting goaltender. For those who have a solidified starting goaltender, you're gonna start you're gonna wanna start your starting goaltender for each of those first three or four games. You make a good point. You don't it, want an own five start. It's only a fifty six game season. Then you gotta hit the ground running. You're you right really Dave. Run, you I really only agree with run. you on this. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day we think that this is going to be a very interesting season, to say the least. We thank you for joining us for another episode of Inside the Locker Room with us. We will have more on the Battle of Ontario next week, right before the season starts. How exciting. I'm very excited for it, too. I can't wait for this to happen. Let the chirps begin. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in, listening to Inside the Locker Room. See you later. See you. Ciao for now.